Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with Harry Dent Jr. Harry, was 2008 a bubble? Yes, coming in, the well, first of all, our first bubble was 95 to 2000. People forget that. Stocks went straight up. Uh, technology-led bubble, technology stock. And then, even during a boom, and I was still very bullish all the way out to 2007 back then, we had the biggest crash we've seen since the 29 to 32 crash. So that was the first bubble and crash. Now, that, I call that a natural bubble. The economy was great. The baby boomers were, were accelerating the fastest. I mean, my research showed the 90s would be the strongest decade of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and, and, and up until recently. Okay. So that bubble burst. Well, now we've had a second bubble, okay, um, since um, the 2008 downturn, because that was the worst downturn since the Great Depression. Worse than 1980 to 82, that was the lowest point in demographics after the last generation's spending peak in the 1960s, um, and, and here we are coming in into this one. So, so this is the second bubble. This bubble is greater. I'll tell you, everybody in this audience, you go look up your assignment. Go look up after this, the stock market. You look at the Dow, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ. You can look around the world, but look at those leading in it. Look at the stock market just since COVID, just since March of last year. This has been the most straight-up thrust more than any time in the Roaring Twenties, more than the first tech bubble in the 90s, and those were both historic times in the stock market, bullish times. This is straight up because they're printing that $5 trillion in all central banks around the world. They injected trillions and trillions of dollars into the monetary system. People need to understand, when they do this money printing, they're not printing dollar bills. They are literally buying money with, with, with I mean, take, creating money and buying bonds in the financial asset system. They're injecting new money on top of normal investors, trillions and trillions of dollars, which pushes up all financial assets, bonds, stocks, real estate, everything. So what it creates is not, people keep saying, oh, they're going to cause inflation. No, we've had very little inflation and only recently, and like I said earlier, that's temporary. It's creating the biggest financial asset bubble in history, particularly stocks. And so what happens? They have to crash. It gets so bubbly, and bubbles don't even need a recession, although that's, that's inevitable, too. These bubbles crash at their own extremes. But look at that stock market chart. If anybody looks at that and says, this is not a bubble, they don't have their eyes open. Bubbles of this nature always crash, and they crash twice as fast as they build. So we built the greatest bubble in history in the last several years. The next two years, maybe three, is going to see the greatest crash of our lifetimes. This is virtually guaranteed from my research. What would you categorize the crash of 2008 on a 1 to 10, 10 being the worst? That, that was a 9. 1929 Ooh. to 32 was a 10. This will be a 10. So, so that was an 8 to 9. This will be a 10. This, will be the, this is the greatest bubble we'll ever see. We won't see anything like this the rest of our lifetimes, particularly people, you know, baby boomers more my age and stuff, okay? But uh, this will be the greatest crash we will see in our lifetimes um, because these things don't, on this magnitude, again, the greatest crashes are 29 to 32, and, and the 2008 to, to 9 was, 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 you know, a very large crash. 
and this one will be the biggest one we see. So this this is something to get serious about. I tell people look, real quick, you know, I have a newsletter like most forecasts and stuff, but we have a free um, newsletter where you get two articles or three every week to keep up with our thinking until, you know, just to get to know it. Because I know what I'm saying is different than most economists. We have a whole different approach. I always have. Again, looking at people is not what economists do and understanding how predictable are. So so this is a good time to just get to know it's harrydent.com. You can at least get on this free newsletter. And and uh, I think you're going to see very soon that this I, – I think this is going to be the fastest change from boom and bubble to burst we have seen. This is going to be stronger. And, and think back, stronger than that 2000 or 2002 tech bubble crash. And that was a 78% decline in the NASDAQ and tech stocks. I'm predicting an 87%, give or take, declining in stocks in just the next two years. And more than that, George, and this is what makes it so hard and people don't understand, the first crash out of a bubble like this, and I've studied every bubble around the world in the last 100-plus years, the first crash tends to average 46% in just two to three months. And this crash, now that we've bubbled up so much, I'm projecting just the first crash in the first couple of months when this happens, and I think the first quarter of this year is going to be that, it looks like 55%. Stock's going to go down something like 55% Jeez. before people can even blink, and then people will panic and sell, and then it will bounce back for a few months, and people say, oh, my God, why did I sell? And then you'll see this long two-year decline, bigger, you know, more compared to the 29 to 32 crash. Again, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. I know this is, sounds like extreme. I'm not an extreme guy. Okay, I've been forecasting for 40 years. I'm usually the same guy. You know, when people are too bullish or too bearish, this is extreme. This bubble has been stretched. And all you got to do, like I said at the beginning of this, look at the stock market just in the last two years compared to the whole boom. This is the greatest boom in history, the longest and the greatest. The last two years since COVID is just off the charts, bubble of all times. There is only one way that can end in history, and that is a sharp, quick, deep crash. Is there any way, Harry, it can be stopped? No, not at this point. When you stretch it this far, it has to come back. And, and balance is good. In other words, I, I especially, young, okay, you know, I'm a baby boomer and I'm older, okay? But, but for young people coming along and just starting to save for the future, it would stock stretch this high, the highs in Italy, and these high values, they have no chance of making decent returns so they can retire in the future. So it's gonna, the best thing that could happen is to let the stock market and the economy come back into balance after these two giant bubbles. This, again, the first one was natural, okay? This one is 100% artificial, created only by nonstop stimulus. Now, for almost 12 years, George, this is crazy. This is going to go down in history. People are going to say, what were they smoking? Oh, I think you can live off of printing more money every year and think you can create a sustainable boom. This is nuts. What's going to bring it back? Okay, the, the millennial generation, the, 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 the next generation, uh, and I've been saying this, you know, the baby boom was what caused the boom from 1983 to 2007, greatest boom in history, and the longest, okay, because of the size of the generation. Well, the millennial generation only takes us back to the levels of baby boom peak spending, but that's still huge. I mean, you know, after this downturn of stuff, so 2000, 
2024 into 2037 is the next boom. Notice not as long as, long as the 1983 to 2007 baby boom, natural boom. That's the next boom. But, but we need to bring, we need to write off a lot of debts. You know, there's 23% of public, large companies that can't even pay their debt service. They're called zombie companies today. And that's rising because they can, they're only alive because money's so cheap and easy and they keep the economy going artificially. We need to flush out these bad companies. They're, they're wasting resources and people. And we need, and then the millennial generation will naturally drive a boom again. But, but that boom is going to be very, very compromised if we don't get rid of a lot of bad debt and a lot of zombie companies. Again, 23% of public companies can't even pay their debt service, okay, and only being kept alive by stimulus. we got to flush this stuff out. That's going to be painful. That's why I'm saying just if you can just be more safe and conservative, be in high-quality treasury bonds and safer investment for just the next couple of years, until we have this great reset, I call it, everything will work in your favor. You're going to be buying stock for 20 cents on the dollar. Who doesn't want to do that and be able to invest in the next boom generated by millennials? Now, the millennials of the U.S. and Europe, okay, that's nothing compared to the Indians. They're going to do in the next 30, 40 years what the Chinese did from 1980 until recently. The Chinese were the first large emerging country to move you know, in, into much higher spending and growth and, and, and a big demographic surge. India has stronger projections, from my research, than even China. And even Indian economists don't think India can ever outdo China. I'm telling you, India is the next big thing, and they're going to dominate the next boom far more than our millennials. But even in this country, it's the millennials are going to bring us back, and we are cheating these Younger people, if we don't get rid of all our bad debts and excessive stimulus, stimulus like this only causes people to misinvest. That's why government shouldn't over tinker with the economy like this. Have you ever been wrong, Harry, in any of these predictions over all your years? Yes. I mean, I basically never when I say a major turn is coming only early. And, and, and of course, I've been warning that this is an artificial thing. I, I was the only guy who was. <laughs> bullish in the late when i was in the late 80s people thought i was crazy everybody thought japan was going to take over the world and the u.s was a has-been in the 80s you know we had our great boom in the 50s and 60s which we did we led that oh we we did but we didn't we didn't we really didn't stop did we no well again nobody saw even though we were a wealthier you know maybe slower growth company nobody saw the baby boom coming i was concerned my biggest uh, aha was I was consulting to Fortune 100 companies with Bain & Company in the early 80s. Okay? I got bored with that because large companies are so cumbersome and slow and started to do the same strategic consulting with new ventures in California. And when I saw these new ventures doing, you know, really innovative things, and what I had to do is I had to study their customers. Their customers weren't the old Bob Hopers, I call them back then they were the younger baby boomers so that's when i saw when i was studying for my new venture clients i was studying what's the future i was looking at their customers i'm like oh my gosh these are young boomers and oh my gosh there are a ton of these people who are going to grow up and spend more money that's what turned me on to demographics when i jumped from the fortune 100 world to the new venture world does china experience bubbles over there oh yeah china is the 
biggest bubble in the world. And I'll tell you where people get hit in the bubble, George. Stocks, okay, that's bad. Okay, 29 crash, that was bad. But, but the richer people own most of the stocks. Everybody owns real estate, okay? And real estate, the greatest bubble in history of all times today is in China, okay? Australia, where I lecture a lot, and I haven't been able to travel now for a year and a half. I've lost a lot of money on that. Australia uh, has the biggest bubble in the developed world wow. uh, because they have so much immigration from Asia driving them. So real estate is the biggest bubble, and, and, and we have a real estate, a second real estate bubble, because remember, we had a first one after the stock bubble crash, 2000, 2002. Everybody switched to speculating in real estate, so we had a real estate bubble in 2006, and the first, we had a bigger crash in real estate in the 2008, 9, 10, 11 than we had in the Great Depression, because real estate didn't bubble up in the Great Depression, because you couldn't get easy mortgages back then like now, so Real estate is, is the bubble that hits most people the hardest. And we, now we have a second real estate bubble, and people keep saying, oh, this one's not as bad as – no, real estate prices adjusted for inflation, adjusted for income, everything, is now higher than the last bubble that crashed 34%. George, I am predicting that this real estate bubble will also be worse than the last uh, bubble – just like stocks, and it will be 40 to 50%. Now, it's one thing your stocks go down, and, and, and a lot of people don't own a lot of it. Everybody, almost everybody owns real estate. So this is what really hits. And Chinese real estate, China, is, is now they have a fraction of our income, but they have 75% of their net worth in real estate in China. China's got the biggest real estate bubble, going to have the biggest real estate crash, and China will never be the same after this and it's just going to open the door to investing in india india is going to be my number one country to invest in coming on the other side of it. and doesn't china have a lot of real estate in like vancouver canada oh yeah chinese are big buyers in the west coast and yes vancouver which by the way is my favorite city in north america for going to vancouver is where you see the most chinese investing and again it's not good when you see people speculating and areas they spend. So Vancouver is going to be, along with San Francisco and L.A., like that, but even more so, Vancouver is going to be one of the biggest crash cities in real estate because of Chinese buying. They love buying real estate, especially in, in, in Vancouver. Well, with Harry Dent Jr., his website is his name, harrydent.com, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. We're going to take calls with him next hour here on Coast to Coast. So uh, jump on board. Most of the lines are unavailable already because people are on hold waiting to talk to you, Harry. Uh, You know, during the COVID situation, they threw what was called PPP money at companies uh, to support them in employment. Are they still going to do that again? That was free money. Oh, I mean, and, 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 and this, is, uh, I hate, this is really terrible. Any, almost any business, and I've talked to many and, and, and people that work with business consultants, it's, you just pick up the phone and get instant money. They're so desperate to get out of this downturn in 2008, 9 and all this stuff. Since, but yeah, it's just free money, but it's indiscriminate. Okay, it's one thing. What, what, what I would do is, I, if I was the government, the way I'd be helping the economy, I would be giving banks some help when they write down bad loans. The biggest thing we can do is get bad loans out of the way so we make more way to make good loans. So you've got to get the bad loans out of the way first. No, 
the government's giving every incentive to banks to keep bad loans going, and then that leaves less ability to lend money, who especially the younger up and coming in new business, to get good loans. And so, so I mean, this the only way to get out of it. There is no solution at this point. We stress the bubble. The bubble has to burst and let things rebalance. And again, what it means: high unemployment. For a while, that's what hits most people. But what it most means, financial assets, stocks, bonds, real estate, especially risky bonds, junk bonds and stuff, and foreign bonds, they're all going to have to come back down to normal. And that, again, this is why once in a lifetime, like 1929 to 32, you don't just see a, a sizable stock crash. You see a giant stock crash because that's resetting bubbles back down to normal so we can grow and invest again. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.